Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Today, Chris, Christian, and I are going to go through the roster updates that happened. Uh, we know we just released an episode and we typically don't throw out episodes this quick, but with so much change happening to the roster and with so much roster conversation on the last show, we felt it necessary to jump right back in and keep you guys updated on what's going on with who's been retained, whose loan is over, who's been declined, who's been given a bona fide offer, and what does that leave our roster looking like today? And what are some holes and things we need to see going forward? So it's only been a couple of days, boys. But how are you, Chris? Christian? Doing good. Uh, it's good. You know, just just kind of trying to take it all in from what's been going on with the team. It's a lot of movers, a lot of movers and shakers, and a lot of things new on the horizon for sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of the things that we agree, disagree with. And I know some of the community out there has their own opinions, so want to try to clear some things up and then give our uh, perspective on what we think the team is trying to do. All right, so first and foremost, why don't we take a look at some of the players that have departed us. So with their loan being over, going back to Nacional Atletico Club, we have Philip Ejimado, whose loan is over. Now, I have to say, that probably would have factored in last week to me picking my uh, my five asides. Um, I clearly wasn't paying attention to the fact that he was on loan uh, when I was looking at players who would potentially be eligible uh, for draft. So his loan is over. He goes back uh, to National Atletico Club, uh, really our third keeper, though performed very well last year. But your guys' thoughts on the loss of Ejimadu? You know what I think? I mean, he didn't really play for us last season, so it's not like I can say that we're going to miss him. It looked like he had some natural ability uh, from his loan stint with FC Tucson. But I'm at the end of the day, you know, I think that the team was looking to move in a different direction. And Cisniega and uh, right now with us retaining Tyler Miller's rights, like it's those two players, you know, we might end up trying to get somebody if Tyler looks to move. But even still so, we're still going to have to find a third goalkeeper in the event that there's an injury or um, international call-ups or anything that could require one of our goalies to no longer uh, be able to play with us in the season match. Yeah, no. Um, so to add to that, the team LAFC offered a bona fide offer to Tyler Miller. We don't know exactly what the offer details are, but a bona fide offer for those that don't know it means that it's kind of like a take it or leave it. So Tyler Murray either decides to take the offer or not. If he decides not to take the offer, he cannot play within the MLS unless uh, a trade is forced or if LAFC finds a trade that they are intrigued with and think they're getting equal or better value uh, so he can play within the MLS. If that does not happen, he can leave the MLS and play internationally on a free transfer. So... A lot of moving parts there. I know that Tyler probably thinks that he did well enough to get a salary increase. And then I, f I feel like the LAFC probably doesn't agree with the number he's coming up with. So that, I think that's some of the things that they don't see eye to eye with. But I know there's a lot of opinions out from the fans and supporters as to um, what his trade value or whether he even should say. But I think to add to that, in, in my opinion, is Cisniega and Miller both have a case to be made. They were both part of the team, broke records with him as a keeper. 
but he 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 maybe towards the end lost some form and that's probably affecting some of the negotiations. I think there's also something to be said for the contract agreement between the Players Association and MLS. If a new collective bargaining agreement comes into place, then who knows what a minimum salary looks like and who knows what he deserves above a minimum salary if you know where the floor is is constantly moving. So I think some of this does have you know, the fact that what of contract value is or isn't is still in question. Right. No, that's a good point. So maybe he, he and his agent are trying to negotiate with this forward thinking. Who knows? But that's kind of the state of Tyler Miller's situation at this point. So from a goalkeeping standpoint, we're all pretty much agreed. Even if Tyler comes back, we need a third keeper. Uh, and if Tyler doesn't come back, we need... Uh, certainly a, a good backup, or there, I'm certain there are some people out there who feel that Cisniega is still the backup. And if we were to go out and get a world-class keeper, then with all the games we have um, uh, you know, coming up, that Cisniega would still get his rep. So that's perhaps a conversation for another day when we look as to how we are going to fill out the roster. So moving on to some other players that... Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to say, you know, speaking of other goalies, you know, the... Um... I mean, would you guys be opposed to taking somebody like Luis Robles, who just got released from the Rebel? Do you see him in a backup role to Cisniega, or do you see him in the primary role with Cisniega backing him up, Chris? I don't know. I I think that, you know, I remember when we had Tyler on, he was saying that, you know, goalkeepers can go late into their 30s because they age well, and it's just one of those things where goalkeepers a role that you can play at a later age. So, you know, Luis has been the captain for the Red Bull for, I think, the last, like, three years. And, you know, I, I'm not, I have no idea how much ability he still has, but I wouldn't be a – if a person at his age is able to come in and take a, a starting role over Pablo, then I, I don't see why we wouldn't be able to have him start. It's not like he is going to be there for years and years and years, you know, but it could just be another way to give Pablo another – more time to to develop and learn from somebody else. I don't know. I'm just saying that if we were looking for players to come in, would you potentially look to get a veteran player of that age that you know that it is a short-term uh, relationship just based off of their age? I, 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 I would definitely take a look at him. He, I mean, he has playoff experience. He's been on Red Bull with multiple Supporters Shield teams, so I think he can grind it out. I, I do think he can come up with big saves at big moments but also what's the price i i I don't know that he's going to be inexpensive especially with that pedigree and frankly unless red and i don't know red bull system and who they have in their pipeline i don't think that's the most smart move because he is solid back there um but if we could get him at a good price and i i would welcome him and you know he would i feel like bob would have him fight for his spot anyway because that's, that's kind of how it is. No one really has a starting spot, although some players, because of their talent, has it, have an edge. So, yeah, I, I think I think he's a solid keeper. I, I'm really surprised that Red Bull released him. Is he a domestic slot or an international slot, do you know? To me, because I know LAFC um, don't have much in the way of or like to retain their international slot. So that would be something interesting to, to see. I, I would take him, certainly, especially if it was in a coaching role, backup role to Cisniega. So I think by protecting Cisniega, you've basically said he's the future. So you might as well give him the starts at this point. Now, if Tyler Miller accepts the offer or 
you know, they're able to renegotiate a contract and he comes back, then we're sort of back to the same conundrum we had last season, which is all the Sanchez Niega people against all the Miller people thinking, you know, who deserves the starts. Um, and that kind of perpetuates that issue, which doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But obviously, we put up the numbers last year. There's something to be said for the results, though no one seemed to be considering Miller or Cisniega as world-cast keepers. Yeah, and he is a U.S. national, so that that would be helpful if we could keep you know, the international rosters um, because of the parameters low. So we can probably get another offensive or defensive player or even a midfielder um, if, if we have an eye with our Colombian and Uruguayan pipeline that we have at this point. All right. Well, um, so moving on to some of the other players uh, who are no longer going to be with LAFC, we have Peter Lee Vassell, Lamar Batista, Dejan Djokovic, and Javi Perez, who had their contract options declined. So as of right now, we no longer have Peter Lee. We no longer have Batista, Djokovic, and Javi Perez. This to me was very, very shocking. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us first what you think of, of these four departures? The biggest one that stood out to me was uh, losing Peter Lee Vessel. You know, I, I thought that he had a lot of talent and a lot of promise. Um, you know, I, I, I had mentioned to Christian earlier in the day that this is, you know, the second year in a row that we have gotten rid of our first draft pick. Uh, you know, we traded for Joao uh, mm-hmm. Moutinho for... Um, El, El Munir, but still, we have drafted two players in both years, and we have gotten rid of both of them. So it's like, you know, I, I, I just don't understand the, you know, I don't understand that mindset. But, I mean, I you know, I'm also not a scout or anything, so it's not like I really can understand it. It's just, you know, that just doesn't really make sense to me. Javi Perez, he's got the three ACL tears or the three ACL injuries and – that's, you know, that's a bummer for him, you know, but I also think that it's just, you know, the, the club is not looking to hold on to somebody that they're not sure about his status. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's even ready or close to being ready to play. Um, and then Djokovic, you know, he wasn't really one of our center backs. He was more of like a filler when guys needed a break or we had call-ups and, um, you know, especially with, uh, Blackman progressing the way he is and you know he's he's kind of like that third and Danilo too we've got Danilo and and Tristan I I just don't see Djokovic getting much playing time so I don't know about why keeping him on the roster and then who is the fourth one Lamar Batista on uh Lamar I mean he looked good but again he was somebody that we as a trialist early in the preseason and you know I I don't think Lamar played a single game for us this year I think he only played against Vissel Kobe. Vissel Kobe, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he's just another one that it's like, you know, I think the club might consider keeping him on as trialists again, but it's not, they're not going to hold them to a contract. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who had four appearances for LAFC in 2019. You know, so in the case of Dejan Djokovic, not a huge surprise there to see him cut and finding someone who can come in and play four games, uh, four appearances. Um, probably, probably not hard to to pick up as well. Too, I would have to say that personally, the Peter Lee Vassell uh, declined option there 
would only make sense to me if there was some kind of handshake agreement between him and the club where he wanted more minutes than he was going to get with the first team. And so he's going to head out to another team or, or maybe it's a sign and loan. And this just gives him a chance to go out and explore some options. Uh, you know, maybe he signs with another team and maybe this is the end, but that, that does seem odd for a person that performed fairly well when we saw him on the pitch and certainly had a huge upside. There were a lot of people who thought he was going to be taken in the expansion draft. And then to see his option declined and sent away, um, you know, you have to wonder if it was a financial decision, if it's the club making the decision and they're choosing to spend that money elsewhere. And we'll see where that spending happens over the course of the offseason. And if that's the case, then I suppose at the end of the season, when we look back retrospectively, we might have a different option of this decline. But at the moment, it seems like you're giving up on a player at a time in which he had a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I agree with, with both of you saying Peter Lee Vassell, he has a lot of upside. But and so does Lamar Batista. Uh, I think I think those are two good young players earlier in their careers that were inexpensive, and hopefully we would have you know had some backup, some and you know a good young core for the future. But all that says to me is that there's some plans <laughs> and there's some some good signings in the pipeline or in some good conversations having because. A central midfielder and a center back, uh, even if they're the second or third option off the bench, um, not being re-signed, there, there has to be something better in the pipeline. Djakovic and Perez, but Djakovic, he, he hasn't really played much. Danilo is really the one that got signed last year. I know he got an, had an injury and surgery recently, but he should be back in time for the next season. And Javi, unfortunately, with this track record of injuries, it's unfortunate for him, but I hope he gets better and gets some sort of other chance somewhere else. Well, definitely some holes to fill, especially in the midfield um, with Vassell uh, and Perez out. Um, you know, perhaps a defender there as well, too, between the, the Djokovic-Batista departure. But not a lot of minutes on the first team spread between those four guys. So it's not as though the product on the field, as we have seen it in the last couple seasons, is taking a huge hit in a percentage-wise. So that leads us to, I suppose, the players that we have retained. So to recap so far, the Ejimadu loan is over. Tyler Miller has been offered a bona fide offer should he accept or deny is yet to be seen, and then declined options to Peter Lee Vassell, Lamar Batista, Dejan Djokovic, and Javier Perez. So the four players that we have retained that are going to continue to be LAFC players, Tristan Blackman, Muhammad Omunir, yes. Adrian Perez, and Josh Perez. So we still have two Perez's. So to our friends over at Defenders, we can still play the name that Perez game. A player that I was very concerned about his departure in Muhammad Elunir stays with us. I think that is a huge win for us uh, to come out still having him on the team. Uh, and Tristan Blackman, who has been great for us as well, too. Um, so why don't, Christian, you kick it off this time? What's your immediate response to the retainment of those four players? I for sure agree with Tristan Blackman. I think he's become the starting right back and then a definite good option for a center back because when he played in the last traffical center back against Latan because of Zimmerman not being 100% cleared at that point or fit, uh, he 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 did he held his own. It's not easy to to guard such a big body, but he's also not only mobile, quick with his feet, but he has a vision when he does have the ball, his passing ability, um, and also when he's playing on the right, he he can 
project himself forward and you know is quick enough to get back but he also had some good crosses so a lot of upside there and i could say almost the same thing about elmonier minus the center back abilities so um i think he's gonna push to be the starter i don't know if cheeky is gonna kind of take it i think that's gonna be a good preseason battle um so i'm looking forward to that and then in terms of the two pairs josh i think is a good um off the bench option especially with a congested schedule and i think adrian is just a peg beneath he hasn't shown me enough to be a definite nod but i can see the potential there so i'm okay with the with the four um and really really happy about tristan and muhammad for sure chris your thoughts i definitely like our the two defenders um I think that they've shown a lot of promise, and I'm really glad that we've held on to them. And yes, I was definitely worried about losing El Munir as in the expansion draft. You know, I'm if I had to, I'm you know, if I had to pick between Lee or Muhammad, I would definitely want to say I'd want to keep Muhammad just because of the fact that Muhammad's got more years on him. And you know, you look at some of the flashes of plays that he had, and you know that amazing uh, defensive uh, play that he had against uh, I think it was Houston. You know, it was. Just, uh, I, I mean, that guy's got so much ability. And then in terms of the two Perez's, I really, you know, uh, Josh Perez is so young. I think that he's got a lot of uh, potential, and I th- I'm i really excited to see, you know, how he continues to develop and grow. And Adrian, uh, you know what, Adrian was solid for us in the games when we, uh, after we had gotten rid of Christian and when Dio was in the um, the, the rehab facility, he filled in and and he did well for us. I think that he's definitely one of the lower depth chart people, but I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind the four people that we held on to. Yeah, I think um in the case of the the two Perez, Adrian and Josh, they're squad players. They're they're heart and soul players. You know they know the team. They know the system. Um, you know the fans know them. Um, you know it's easy to retain them because they come obviously at a more frugal price than some of these players that have departed. So. Um, I, I think there's a dollars and cents side of it. Um, you know, the dollar side adds up benefit to the club and they know the system and fill out good squad players. So those make sense. Obviously, Blackman and El Munir are somewhat essential at this point because let us not forget that Harvey and Beta are free agents. Now, potentially they could re-sign with the club, but potentially they could re-sign with anyone. So, you know, to have a few outside backs locked in at this point only makes sense. Um and obviously, you wouldn't want to let a Blackman or an El Munir just go because there's a lot of value in either one of those players. Blackman did exceptionally well at the outside back and was serviceable when he came in at center back. And Muhammad El Munir, despite very few minutes, certainly seemed like he was passing the ball well, moving it well, um, and, and had some some great attacking movement. Uh, let us not forget whose Houdini goal where he ran through half a team to score. Um, there's a lot of upside to him as well, too. Um, plus, I think he holds a, a special place in my heart and many other fans' hearts for what he had to endure at the uh, at the Traffico game, which I hate that word, but in this case, because we're talking about a vile thing, I can use a vile word. Um, so I, I like the, the retention of Munir and Blackman, and I think the two Perez brothers make sense in that regard, um, especially with, with Harvey and Beta out. So that's... Um, the big, big news that has happened this week. So this definitely changes what our our club looks like um, with the departure of, you know, five, potentially six players um, that, you know, at least filled up a significant portion of the roster. But, you know, that kind of leaves us with a Twesta Blackman blessing Dio, El Munir, 
Guido K, Miller Palacios, two Perez's, a Rodriguez, a Rossi, a Segura, a Silva, a Cisniega, Cisniega, excuse me, a Vela, and a Zimmerman. Um, that's still a team that played a the majority of the minutes that we saw last year. Um, and, and it's frankly to get through an expansion draft with two new teams coming in with that much of the core intact, I think is solid. Um, and, and that 18, I think is probably very, you know, could be very similar to, yeah. to what we see seating up for champions league. Obviously, um, the potential departure of Miller, if he accepts or does not accept that bona fide offer in this case, we're considering him part of the team at the moment. Cause, yeah. um, we're optimistic. I think you, you miss Zelaya too. Oh, Fito Zelaya, yeah. excuse me. He's still um, under contract. Um, that's correct. Yeah. I forgot he was a thing. <laughs> no, Fito Zelaya is still under contract as well, too. Um, so I want to look and, and hope he, uh, you know, gets it together and figures out how to yeah. cut into this first team. I think we'd all love to see him do well. Uh, there's nobody rooting against him, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think he, he has a minor turn, his meniscus and PCL, so... Hopefully he gets better. But uh, going back to what you said about um, Beta Shoren and um, Harvey, Harvey, the reason we're including them is because they're under contract till the end of the year. So, and Tyler Miller also has a, a decision to make. So we'll see how how and how much the roster changes over the next few months leading into the season. Yeah, I did include them in the full roster we just ran through, but I think at the moment, one of the two of them is likely coming back. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if both came back. I think it really depends on the contract and the role. Um, I really don't see either of them being starters anymore. I think they know that. And are they willing to accept, you know, bench roles and bench salary to stay on this team? Um, or do they feel that, uh, you know, they have a few years left to go get first team minutes in salary elsewhere? Um, I honestly wish them all the best, but I would hate to see the back-to-back pod go. Right. I definitely think that because they both have won MLS championships, uh, I think, or no, I know Betashore has, has, uh, Harvey's won an MLS championship too, right? Uh, I don't think so. But he's, he's no, but he's, he's won, won supporter uh, shields, supporter and uh, it was. I think he's won the the championship in in um, Canada. But right. So they, I think that they have bought into the system. They believe in it, and I think that they have uh, a sense of like unfinished business, you know. Um, and I, I, I think at this point in their career, it's it's almost like quality of life. You know, they want to. You know, they enjoy the team, they enjoy the environment, they enjoy the atmosphere, they enjoy being part of this. And so I I, I have, I would put money down that both players are going to come back and they are willing to take a more of a mentor leadership role where it's, it's motivating off of the bench. And yes, they will get their time to play because they were people that were intricate in getting us our historical season that we've had. But I expect to see them both. Yeah, they played big roles in big games for us. Um, and you couldn't, I mean, two of the nicest guys. Um, you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to be able to meet them. And, uh, you know, you couldn't speak more highly of them as, as you know, people. So, you know, it would be great to see them come back. Um, I hope they do what's right for the team um, and themselves and they can meet in the middle and everybody's happy in the end because yeah. uh, I'd like to have them back. That's for sure. Just because then, then I'm down a podcast too. That, that ruins my whole morning routine. Um, 
So, I mean, that's a lot of changes to the roster. Um, it definitely leaves us with a few glaring holes. So, boys, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on where in the team you see the biggest departures and you feel we need the biggest signings. So, you know, where do you value the money being spent the most? And where do you look for a more value option as far as what phase of the team? Um, so, Christian, why don't we start with you and you just give us your thoughts on what you think the team needs from a positional standpoint. I think there's two two positions. Goalkeeper, just a bona fide number one leader, shot stopper, but also can distribute better than what we have now. If we can afford it, let's go for it. Number two, we need another central midfielder that can compete as a two-way player um, and is going to push our starting three to either be better or take one of their spots because I want that competition. So I think those are the two places that we need to spend offensively. I think we're good. Um, we could be better. I mean, if I want to add a third option and if I, we have unlimited money, it'd be a, a true number nine that could play 90 minutes and have Dio kind of be the backup. But that remains to be seen because I don't know what's going to happen with Rossi. So that's why, I, to me, that's more of a secondary kind of um, or a lower tier decision to be made. Chris, where do you see the biggest needs to be? Where would you go out and spend some of that Tam Gam money? And where are you looking for a value player? I mean, that's just, I mean, Christian hit it right on the head. I mean, having a goalkeeper that uh, is a definitive starter, and uh, uh, I think that that's imperative. You know, I th- and I you want to think about the role of the people that left, right? So Lee Wynn is gone. Well, what did Lee do for us? And we need to find somebody that can try and replicate what he provided off of the bench. And that was a change of pace. That was someone who uh, was uh, altered the flow of the game. And a lot of that probably came from his years of experience. Um, But, you know, just having someone who is kind of like a, a ball controller and able to influence the, the midfield. I think that that's important. Um, and it, in my mind, it's equally important to find a, a striker, you know, a, a, a striker up top, like Christian said, that, that can play the full 90 and have somebody like Dio come off of the bench as a super sub, because I think we all agree that that is when he plays and performs the best is when he's able to come off of the bench and play the last 30 minutes when some team's defenses are fatigued and tired and gassed. Um, So, you know, I definitely think that all three positions need to be attacked and, and, and sought after equally. Yeah. I think uh, you make some good points there. Um, Obviously I think all of our ideas would be contingent upon the departure of Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi goes, DP slot opens up. You need to spend that DP slot on the attacking third. So I think that slot, whether it's filled by Rossi or filled by a new DP, stays up front. You do need a backup midfielder, but arguably a starting goalkeeper. But I'm not the biggest of fans of spending a lot of money in Tam Gam on a goalkeeper. So to me, it would have to be a very, very special person Um, You know, maybe somebody coming out of Europe that, you know, like Chris mentioned, goalkeepers have a bit, you know, their careers are longer. So, you know, could it be somebody that's just looking for that L.A. lifestyle as their career is waning that still has the ability to be better than a Cisniega? You know, then maybe you consider that. But 
if Sissoniega is your guy, then the value goes into your backup keeper. Uh, and you would be spending that money on the midfield. Um, you can't just have three midfielders and play all these competitions. Um, you know, we're going to need probably three serviceable midfielders um, by the time the full season kicks off in addition to what we have now. Um, that's, that's you know, I mean, that's a lot to go out and find. So I think some money is going to have to be spent just to fill those roles because we have so much going out in the midfield. Um, so that that to me is probably where the Tam Gam money goes is into the midfield. Uh, the DP slot will remain up front. And I think we look for uh, a more value offer unless something big comes across our path uh, between these pipes. So that would that would kind of be my thought on it. Um, so that's that's some big news um, over the course of the past couple of days here, just to piggyback upon our last episode. Um, we know there are some big events going on in the community. We kind of want to highlight real quick as well, too. Uh, going on tonight, as we're recording, I think is the first uh, uh, event at free play for the weekend, which is uh, glad to see those coming back for the off season as well, too. That's good to see. Yeah, um, toy drive by the Expos. Yeah, so um, there's a couple events going on in the community. The Expos have their second annual Christmas toy drive. Uh, that was going on tonight. Uh, so by the time you guys hear this, that information will be far too late. Wait, uh, before you go, so simultaneously, time, excuse me, simultaneously, at free play, there's an EMLS invitational going on for LAFC. So really going to be kind of excited to see what our team for EMLS ends up looking like. And uh, I've never really paid attention to that. I don't even know if you can like follow along online, but I think it's, it's uh, oh, I'm totally in. I would totally watch that. Um, we know there's a Thanksgiving food drive going on Tuesday, 1126. Uh, that's going to be put on by the Cuervos. Um, I know from 6 to 10 p.m. on Tuesday, the 26th, they will be collecting Thanksgiving food, you know, canned food, things of that like, at 250 North 1st Street in Burbank, California. Again, that's 250 North 1st Street, Burbank, California. And that's going to be going on from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Tuesday, the 26th. Um, so a couple events within the community. Um, we know Relentless Ladies uh, are going to be doing an event on Saturday the 23rd. They have an event going on um, at the Child Abuse Prevention Center. Um, big ups to them for putting that on. Um, and then, of course, uh, within the Ultras, for something a little lighter, we have our karaoke night coming up as well, too. That's going to be on the 23rd. Um, that's going to be at the new D9U Black and Gold Bar, the new LAFC bar staffed by LAFC supporters and ran by LAFC supporters, which is pretty cool. Um, so if you haven't been there, 7616 South Vermont Avenue in Los Angeles, California, that's going to be going on from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, of course, it's a bar, 21 and up people. Um, that's the new Black and Gold Bar at 7616 South Vermont Avenue, Los Angeles, California. Um, so some big stuff happening in the community this week. Great to see um, everyone sticking together and having fun throughout the holidays. Um, hope to see you guys all posting pics of those Thanksgiving LAFC theme stuff coming up next week. Uh, we are probably going to take a bit of a hiatus here on the show just for the week of Thanksgiving, and then we will return the following week. You can always reach out to us on all your social media platforms at LAFCS2S. You can always fire off an email to either Chris, Christian or Jonathan at LAFCS2S. 
com. If you have an email you want to send to us, uh, you want to come on the show, you have a friend that needs to come on the show, you have a question for us that you'd like to hear us kick about, uh, you know, questions, anything like that, we'd be happy to take from you guys. So happiest of Thanksgiving to all of you out there. And with that, Chris, Christian, do you have any final words before we take our Thanksgiving break? Uh, no, everybody, just have a great Thanksgiving, huh? and we'll uh, see you uh, when we get back. Hey, so do you do your stuffing in the bird or out of the bird? Oh, it's always out of the bird, bro, because if you do it inside the bird, dude, and you undercook it, you are getting sick. Sage-like advice. Christian? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do both, actually. Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of both as well too. Yeah, yeah I'm with both. you there. More stuffing, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, that's a that's a brilliant answer to that question. Yeah. Although I'm, I have to say I'm a bit partial to in the bird myself. I don't mind if it's yeah. a little squishy. I like all that, all that dripping. And mm. my, I guess my mom doesn't do it with that much breading, and it's it's like a pineapple braised turkey. So it's, it's super different. It's super Central American inspired. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, we certainly have a lot to be thankful about this year in the LAFC community. Uh, we had an amazing season, uh, Supporter Shield, our first bit of hardware, record smashed. And so, so much to raise that glass and be thankful with. And hopefully everyone gets to spend some, some time with their families. And we'll catch you in a couple weeks. So with that, take us home, Sticks. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.